In June of 2016, a company called Intercept Pharmaceuticals, a biotech company based in New York City, released its annual proxy statement. And in it, they announced they were paying their board of directors, on average, double what they paid them the year before. And they did this after a pretty tumultuous year for the stock, too, which was down about 40% from the prior year. So needless to say, not every investor was thrilled about this. In fact, one investor, a New Yorker named John Solak, was pretty angry, and he let them know it. He wrote a sternly worded letter. In response, the board made some tweaks, but more or less said, thanks, but no thanks. So Solak did what you do next. He sued Intercept. In his lawsuit, he claimed the board unjustly enriched itself, misused corporate assets, among a host of other things. And central to his case was something that can go easily overlooked. Because before a company pays its directors or executives, they need something to compare the pay to. Without a comparison, it's hard to say what someone's worth because worth is it's a relative measure. So companies choose peer groups. And they use them to peg how much their board or CEO should get paid. And John Solak's argument? Well, he said the peer group Intercept chose was just wrong. Hello, and welcome to the ESG Now podcast by MSCI. I'm your host, Matt Muscardi. And we're back. It's been a hiatus, but we have a new slate of shows for you. We're going to try some new things, showcase some new hosts. But for today, I wanted to keep it simple. On today's show, we're going to talk about how a company sets its peers. Or maybe more appropriately, how some companies get away with setting their peers. Because peer groups are at the heart of Almost every complaint you read in the media or the public, and even investors have about overpaid executives or board members. Companies get to set their own peers when it comes to something like pay, but investors, their expectations are changing. And rather than complaining about pay, they're starting to do something about it. So in the end, the companies who have been winning the battle for something like their peers and pay, they might just end up losing the war. So John Solak's lawsuit, which he filed against Intercept Pharmaceuticals in 2017, basically claimed the board chose the wrong peers when it paid itself and its executives. But Intercept, they were doing what most companies do. They went out, they hired a third-party consultant, the consultant picked some companies that looked like Intercept, so they chose companies with similar market cap and similar industries who were competing for similar talent. Until Solak noticed something fishy about Intercept's peer group. Because most of the peers that Intercept and its consultant chose were actually just the consultant's clients. And there were other things, like the peer group differed really widely compared to Intercept's when it came to stuff like profitability and revenue. And to Solak, that mattered. Because Intercept at the time, they had negative or almost zero earnings. So Solak's lawsuit challenged Intercept's board, saying, by choosing this peer group, you basically failed to do your duty. You enriched yourselves at the cost of the company. 
but Intercept had an ace in their pocket because company boards have a rule that protects them in cases like this, a rule that pops up in more than 1,000 security lawsuits I could find since 2015. Directors, for the most part, meaning specifically in this case, the directors who serve on these comp committees, are, are protected by what's called the business judgment rule. Um, and the business judgment rule essentially says if, if you made a decision that could be considered in alignment with what other individuals in similar circumstances with similar responsibilities would have decided, then, um, it, you know, then you, you've done your job, you've, you've complied with the law. Um, and, and so once, you, once a practice like this becomes so common, uh, the business judgment rule automatically protects the directors. And so uh, there's no downside for the directors who are making these decisions about these pay plans. That was Rick Marshall. And you may remember Rick from earlier podcasts. He's basically my own personal governance therapist. And as Rick points out, the business judgment rule is pretty simple. Basically, a board can't be found negligent if they use the same process that every other board uses. So when Intercept's board uses a third-party consultant in some standard set of metrics to set its peers, they can't be found liable for the outcome of the pay, even if they're just paying themselves. So you're an investor. And the board of your company sets some peers and pays itself and the CEO. And as long as the company does it, just like everyone else does, they mostly can't be found to be negligent or in derelict of duty. And every year, you watch pay creep up. And before you know it, every company can just say pay inflation is the norm. It's protected by the business judgment rule. But that's basically your money. You hire the board, and your earnings go to pay the leaders. And thanks to the business judgment rule, there's not much you can do about it. Right? 2018 was kind of the, the, the largest um, votes against that they've ever submitted against pay. Particularly in the U.S., I read somewhere that it said sort of submitted something like 43% votes against pay. That was Anel Mitchali. And the they she was talking about was a pension fund, one of the biggest in the world, called CalPERS, the California Public Employees Retirement System. And CalPERS, in 2018, exercised a vote on something called Say on Pay. Now, Say on Pay is a shareholder right that found its way into legislations globally after the financial crisis. It was meant to give investors the ability to vote on a CEO's pay package. But since it passed, in most places, it really hasn't been used very much. Not many investors have actually voted against a CEO's pay. But as Zanel points out, that changed in 2018 when CalPERS did something it hadn't done before. It voted against 43% of U.S. companies' pay packages. And when CalPERS voted against pay packages at so many companies, they did it at least in part because there's all this new research showing CEO pay and company performance actually aren't linked for a lot of companies. And to show that, investors have been using their own peer groups, peer groups that aren't always the same as a company's peer groups. So in a weird way, CalPERS and investors voting against pay packages are sort of like votes against the business judgment rule, right? 
But that's not all they're doing, because in some places, say on pay votes aren't binding, meaning investors can vote their pay and companies can actually ignore them, at least until the next annual meeting when they vote out the directors themselves. I would imagine that they're going to target people, surely. They're going to target, let's say, the chair as well as the chair of the pay committee um, to start off with and then presumably escalate. Um, it's, it's a shot across the bows in terms of actually getting people to engage. So this is sort of a sign for the companies to actually sit down with CalPERS, talk them through their, you know, their pay structures, how they're doing it. So it, it's good for the board to have people like CalPERS, I think, voting against directors to let them know that this is what's going to happen if they don't speak to them and, and, and meet with them. So CalPERS basically announced at the end of 2018 that this year, 2019, they're going to target board members and start voting them out. They said they want more independent and diverse boards. So the John Solaks of the world may be targeting pay and boards of small companies like Intercept Pharmaceuticals, but the CalPERS of the world, these big global pension funds, they're targeting big companies. Companies like Facebook and CBS and Oracle and Wells Fargo. In fact, two years ago, Facebook faced its own lawsuit alleging they overpaid their directors. And just last year, Facebook's investors, including CalPERS, voted against a full third of the company's board. Now, in Facebook's case, Mark Zuckerberg owns voting control of the company. So pension fund votes are mostly symbolic. But Intercept is a totally different story. John Solak's lawsuit against Intercept ended up going in front of a judge. And it turns out Solak lost. He lost thanks to the business judgment rule. But the sting probably didn't last long because over the next two years, 50% of Intercept's board members would be voted out of their jobs by shareholders. So even if Intercept's board won the battle of the peer group, investors are setting themselves up to win the battle for the board. That's our show. Thanks for joining us. I want to thank Rick Marshall and Zanel Mitchali for their expert advice. And I'd also like to thank Bentley Kaplan, Dan Rogotchnik, and Andrew Young for acting as the pre-production team for these podcasts. Before we go, I want to introduce Mike DeCebedo. Say hi, Mike. What's up? Mike's going to be hosting a weekly news-driven podcast on this channel. And we'll cover some big stories of the week give them an ESG twist. So you'll be hearing a lot more from Mike soon and look out for more ESG stories. We have big plans this year, including new co-hosts, new stories, new voices, including maybe yours, because we're always looking to talk to smart people in ESG about what they see and understand their story. So reach out to us. And if you like what you heard today, subscribe. We're on iTunes or Stitcher, lots of places you can get podcasts. Give us a rating, comment, let us know what you think. This is ESG Now. I'm your host, Matt Muscardi, and we'll be back soon. Matt and I take you through the news with an ESG twist. So I'm Matt Muscardi. That was Mike D. D. Sabato. No. D. Sabato. Nah. D. Sabato. <laughs> Mike, <laughs> look, I'm just reading it like phonetically, right? It's like de sabado. Mm-hmm.
De, mm-hmm. de mm. I hired you. No. Man. De Sabato? De Sabato. Nah. De Sabato. Nope. Yeah, there you go. All right. Mike Got it. Join us next time. See ya. The MSCI ESG Research Podcast is provided by MSCI Inc.'s subsidiary, MSCI ESG Research LLC, a registered investment advisor under the Investment Advisors Act of 1940. And this recording and data mentioned herein has not been submitted to nor received approval from the United States Securities and Exchange Commission or any other regulatory body. The analysis discussed should not be taken as an indication or guarantee of any future performance, analysis, forecast, or prediction. The information contained in this recording is not for reproduction in whole or in part without prior written permission from MSCI ESG Research. None of the discussion or analysis put forth in this recording constitutes an offer to buy or sell or a promotional recommendation of any security, financial instrument, or product or trading strategy. Further, none of the information is intended to constitute investment advice or recommendation to make or refrain from making any kind of investment decision and may not be relied on as such. The information provided here is as is, and the user of the information assumes the entire risk of any use it may make or permit to be made of the information. Thank you.